Hey everybody, it's Corey Mosley and this is the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast, strategy, testimony, and real talk for all things entrepreneurship. And it starts right now. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'm Corey Mosley, your host, and yes, this is the destination where we talk, you guessed it, entrepreneurship, business growth, startups, wind-ups, wind-downs. We tell stories. We share tips and tactics and strategies to really affect your mindset and your skill set, digital marketing. We're just talking about everything here, and you probably know this already, and I'm super excited to have you joining us today because I've got yet another great show. And that's not just my ego talking. That's just the truth. I think we're going to hit it out of the park. Uh, He's getting ready for his TED Talk. It's super exciting stuff going on. Have you ever said to yourself, I would love to do more? And if I did more, I could get more. Well, I've got the guy who literally wrote the book on it with an extra M because his name happens to be Dan Moore with two with extra zero. Uh, oh, <laughs> that tickles me with the extra O. We literally had the guy who uh, wrote the book on it. Dan Moore is joining us today. Now, he's a big idea thinker and strategist currently serving as the president of Vista Dash. He's also the author of the book, Do More, Get More, which we're going to talk about extensively today. Now, he's also a devoted husband. He doesn't want to leave that out. And father of three living in Scottsdale, Arizona. We'll talk about the 116 degrees it gets out there in the summer. And despite his commitment to self-awareness, or perhaps because of it, he remains steadfast in his dislike of tomatoes. Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Corey, for having me. I appreciate it. Excited to be on. Yeah, well, no tomato, no no tomato, no ketchup, <laughs> nothing, nothing. I, I like the ketchup, man. I just eating the raw, just like a plain old tomato. Just it's not, it's not my thing. It's disgusting. It's I thing. completely agree with you on that one. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, some is... salsa, some ketchup, we're good. But you know, <laughs> like I said, I, I stay steadfast, and, and you know, you gotta have a little fun with your bio. It seems like today it's like. Look at what I did, and it's like, hey, look, I just remain aware that I don't like tomatoes. It's kind of a good right. little, 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 little punctuation at the well, end of that. <laughs> it brings some levity, and you know what? Most people, no one was expecting me in your bio to say that. So, uh, right. so, so that's fun. Now, granted, people are whether going who doesn't like tomatoes or they're going like I did. I agree with you. I don't, I don't eat regular tomatoes. I love ketchup and salsa and stuff like that. But putting like a tomato on a sandwich is is a no go for me. So yeah, I'm no, with you, no brother. Fly. Um, so I want to talk about this new, you got the book out, do more, get more, the road to you. I want to spend some time talking about this because this really, you know, it's written from an entrepreneurship perspective, right? And really this idea of going through challenges, trying to come out on the side. So, you know, we're going to get in, we're going to talk about goals and fears and, you know, I really want to get into that with you. What was the, um, other than people saying you got to write a book and, you know, being influenced by people in your circle that have put books out what right. really was the driver for you behind wanting to get your thoughts down on on paper and in the hands of people yeah no i'm glad you asked that question because i love it um because it's funny the book had nothing to do with any of the things that you said um you know yes there seems to be a kick and everybody's writing a book and you've got to write a book to be something for me I, you know it's kind of 
you know, I talk about the book, you, sometimes you got to eat your own dog food. So I tell my, right. own, you know, my three daughters, like, Hey, you've got to dare to be uncomfortable. You've got to take some challenges. And, you know, as an, as a natural resting person, that's an introvert, when you write a book and you put yourself out there, there's no taking it back. So, I mean, you talk about something that's kind of like, Hey, that's scary. You know, even kind of as we pre-started the show, you're like, Hey, not everybody really knows you, but they know right. you. They know your name, right. but they don't right. know, no, know you. I'm like, well, well my audience has never heard of you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, some people haven't, which is fine. I mean, like, I, I you know, I kind of say sometimes my joke is I'm the guy behind the curtain. You know, you don't have to know right. who I am. I just get right. it done. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, but, that's true. That is true. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where the book for me was A, checking that box on, hey, if I'm going to dare to be uncomfortable and, you know, some of the people that I've mentored or friends around me have said, like, you're kind of doing people a disservice by not sharing some of the things that you've done from being, you know, a husband, a father, an entrepreneur, like your philosophy sometimes is completely the opposite of what everybody's Mm -hmm. selling out there. And I'm like, so, you know, there was that aspect of it, you know, obviously the legacy standpoint, not for me, but for my kids, you know, there's going to be a time where I'm not going to be around and, that book is the living legacy. This was my dad. Um, right. and, and then three really just, if I can help one person, I've established the end game. It was never about money. Right. I mean, right. you know, the deal is much more writing a book. We're not going to be, you know, we're not writing the next Harry Potter here. Yes. You know I mean? Yes. So, yes. Um, well, and what's so funny I, to me, no, no, hold on. What's, I got to comment on that because <laughs> what, what's, what's funny to me is the amount of people who like, ask me to just give them the book like right and i'm like and i'm like and and this is some of my friends but i'm like dude really the book's 14 dollars on amazon like are you are you really shaking me down you're really trying to beat me out of my three dollars and 62 cents i mean come on right right profit yeah 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 yeah, the cost of the book is like 362 right so um you know, I've kind of played that angle too in the sense of like, listen, you know, I'll, for my friends, like, yeah, I'll sign you a copy. But what I ask him is, I'm going to give you this copy. What I'm asking you is to buy a copy and send it to someone you think will make a difference. Mm. So I call, I call it kind of the pay it forward book. Yeah, now, I don't even do the friends, first part. I don't do the first part. I don't go, I'm yeah. giving you the book. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, listen, order for my inventory. I'll sign it. Yeah. Or, or yeah. from Amazon. Like, but like, don't. Yeah. And, and, yeah. If, and if it's not. And if you can't spend fourteen dollars with me because you, you give it to somebody else, if you can't spend fourteen dollars with yeah, me, I'm selling right, mine, then, man. I'm cheap right, selling. Like, listen, I have your book in my hand. I bought your book on Amazon. I didn't call you and go, "Hey, Dan, no, hook me up, hook me up." I, I bought the book. You didn't even know I had it. I sent you a picture of it. And I'm like, I, I, I'm going to support it. You know, and I don't know if you yeah. have my book, but uh, we'll deal with that later. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get banged up on that one. Hey, I listened to the podcast. I guess I'll get the book today because now I'm going to get book shamed. <laughs> I hear it coming. I hear it coming. Yeah, Entrepreneurship uh, Confidential in stores now available. Yeah. On, uh, available yeah. on Amazon. Yeah. Go to entrepreneurshipconfidential.com. But, uh, yeah, no worries. And, so, and, then, so, and, then, and then you guys come out to Scottsdale, stay at the house. We'll sign each other's books and we'll have a yeah. piece of food and it'll all, it'll all go away. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> I I like now see like I like how you're over deliver on that right like not only am I going to get your book I want to host you at my house so I like that I, I always go for the win I, I love hosting yeah. people my wife and I we we just you know again that's the whole point of, of friendships is that you make them real and you get face to face because I agree social can only take you so far I agree I agree for sure now 
I want to jump into some of the things in the book. You know, one of the one of the things that you start talking about early on is you have this perspective on happiness, and you you talk about it in the context of the book as unpacking your happiness. What are you talking about specifically in that in that area? Yeah, you know, part of it is is that that um, when it comes down to it, people kind of um, get hung up on all the things that are going wrong in their life, and they start pointing. Mm. instead of looking in the mirror. So, you know, when you, when you take that moment dead set in the mirror and you look at yourself and go, why am I not unhappy? You've got to unpack your own unhappiness. Cause at the end of the day, you can blame it on work. You can blame, you can blame everybody, but in reality right. you control the problem and it's you. And, and, you know, there's nothing that you really can't work around. That's not caused by you. And some you're either looking at someone and going, they have what I want. I'll never have it. You'll be like, you know, I'm not in the job I wanted. I'm not doing the dream I wanted. I'm not happy in my marriage. Like the list goes on and on. At the end of the day, you got like the mirror go, what am I contributing to that? What part of the problem am I? And what do I need to unpack to, to make that, you know, unhappiness into happiness? Right. Right. How did you, like, how did that affect you personally? You, you know, it's funny, like, I think a kind of came through this kind of blindly, right. In the sense of I've stumbled along the way through, through my life and through my career and kind of worked myself into it. But I started realizing it um, through different aspects from, you know, failed relationships to just, you know, struggling in business to kind of climb that top was I realized, you know, I said, why isn't this working? You know, it must be, you know, her must be the job. And then when you kind of start to, when I started to look at it, I'm like, no, it's me. I'm, I'm not, I'm not seeking the right things in the, or asking the right questions in the scenario. I'm not contributing to the relationship the way I should, you know, because again, you can always say, Hey, it's one-sided. And yes, there's some of those things, someone, you know, cheats on you, things of that nature. There's a, Oh, wait a minute. What happened there? Hey, is some of it right. you know, on you to some extent, but the reality of it is, is that the, we just, we quickly look at the surface problem. You know, I always, I always say like with our own unhappiness, it's like a weed. We quickly pull it, but we never get the root mm. because we, we, we take it at the surface. We don't dig deep enough to go, you know, if I say today, my problem is, you know, oh, I don't, you know, I'm just, I don't have the money I deserve or whatever. It's like, I just hit the surface of it. Well, why is it? Oh, I know why. I don't want to work. I know why. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not willing to put in 70, 80 hours. I'm not willing to. When you start backing into it, right, mm. you start realizing, oh, the root is a little bit deeper. I want this. I pulled the top of it, right? I, I, got, I got the green stuff on the top, but I didn't get the root because I didn't say, oh, wait a minute. The root is I don't want to put in the work or the root is right. like, I'm not contributing to the relationship. You know, it, it's almost kind of the theory of, uh, you know, is your why a lie? You know, mm. I may say, hey, my why is my family. Well, great why is it that your nose is in your phone when you walk in the door? Why is it that you're completely disconnected from them? Why is it that you're on a plane every day? If right. your family's the most important, because if you ask your family, do you want me to have endless amount of money so we can live a certain way? Or do you want me personally in my time? Right. I don't know what the answer is. I want both. So you've got to find that, that, that ground. So what's your, what's your real why, you know, when you talk about the idea of levers, is, is that, oh, is there, yeah, is there a connection to that? Is that like connected? Oh, 100%. 100%. So levers is almost like an ecosystem, if you will. You've got, you know, you've got your friends, you've got your family, you've got, you know, you've got the things going around your work, success, all these little, you know, buzzwords and things and meanings. But the root of everything is those levers, that ecosystem that fuels you. So it's your, you know, your wife, your kids, 
your husband, whatever way it is, but it's, it's the spouse, it's the kids, it's the relationships that you have, it's the pieces that feed you. And in some cases, you know, when work is really, you know, just hammering you and you feel like you're at your knees, it's what levers do you need to pull on to, to lift you back up and get you into that perfect harmony of ecosystem in the sense of, you know, hey, listen, there's it's not all sunshine and rainbows. I mean, I've been knocked out, knocked to the ground. We all have it. There, there's no, nobody's living, you know, this, this perfect, you know, every day is a great day. There's things that just, that hit you, you know, I mean, I right. always, I'm a big Rocky fan. I love those quotes, you know, life's going to come at you and it's going to, it's going to hit you hard. Right? Um, right. But it's how you endure and keep moving forward. And I tell you like, you know, everybody's got to have that Adrian, if you will. And it's like, there's times where I'm <laughs> down and out and my, and I pull on my, you know, on that spouse lever and, and fill that bucket that's being depleted through, you know, things that are trying to drain it. And um, that's where the ecosystem comes in. And it's that point of that long business trip and you come home and, you know, my three girls just hug on me and I love you. And, it, and it's like, ah, oh, you know, it's mm. that re it's that source of fuel, you know? And um, I, I tell people all the time, like, don't get hung up. Fuel's not money. Fuel's not the possessions and the toys and the, the Rolexes and the wows. The fuel is that spouse that loves you and supports you unconditionally and says, go get it. I know you can do more, right? Like, I know you want to do more. I support that. Like, I love you. Push. Kids are like, you know, what can't you do, dad? I don't know yet. I haven't pushed, you know, I got to push harder. What can I not do, right? Like, let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this. Do you... I find, though, (laughs) in defense of this statement, and it doesn't mean I don't agree with it, but I find often that many times the people that talk about it's not about it's not about the money, it's not about this, it's not about the Rolex, it's not about that. Well, no, no, that they're able to <laughs> they have the Rolex on, but then they tell people, right? It's not about yeah. any of that stuff. Yeah. And uh, to somebody I don't have who a Rolex, bro. Does somebody okay? You could though. So let I could. I, it's you don't want me to. You don't want me to have people Google your house though. Okay. So so well, so you should, yeah. You can. I mean, everybody's gonna Google my house. Let's be clear on that one. I mean, it's on Facebook. So yes, there's some there's some statement to that, right? And, okay. and, and hey, by all means, throw the shade. I love that because what I would tell you is this. Wait, and wait, I hold put, on. I put in hold the word. Hold on, and this is the guy who's got the Hermes belt in the cover of his book on. So, so spare me the sanctimony, right, on that topic. But, <laughs> hey, but here's but, the beauty of it: if you read the book, you'll look at it and go, "I'm okay with that," because there's truth in it. Meaning, I'm not showboating and 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 driving up in the Ferrari by any means of the nature. Yes, I've got a nice house, I've got some nice things, but again, it's one of those things where it's like watch the journey and if you're willing to take the journey and those are some of the things that matter because we all have our we all have our things right we all have exactly you know it's not like you wear uh, cheap suits bro so so if i know i'm just saying but i'm not one i i right but but my one of my yeah and one of my tenants is not and i'm not saying again i did i said it i said it for the controversy of context of oh, 100%. Of, of you supporting i mean of, of your comment that i find it it is pretty interesting though that a lot of people who say those things and actually it's funny because i apply this i apply this thinking uh, across all potential hypocrisy and what i mean by that is it's like it's like a guy it's like a um a drug addict who was like was big on cocaine and he's like you know hey kids 
don't do cocaine. That was bad for you. Um, but yeah. he remembers like all these wild nights that he had and how much yeah. Yeah. fun he had. So like it's like so like, oh, OK, oh, you yeah. want me to heed your warning. But yeah. you had but, all but the yeah, fun. <laughs> yeah, well, and, yeah. and some of that too goes back to even the politicians, right? Like, hey, let's let's be carbon emissions, let's be green. Well, we, yes. we flew X number of you know on private jets. Yeah, I mean, again, there's some of yes. that, right? I get that's yeah, why I yeah. laugh when I go. I know yeah. where I'm setting you up to throw it, and I think that <laughs> there's a point to where you go. Hey, listen, what are you doing to get to where you want? What makes you happy? And and my point right. in the book, and this is why I say this is this is the the swing of that pendulum in this case is. Well, Dan, you're a hypocrite because you're wearing this belt. You're doing this. You got a nice house. This, that. Yeah, but that's because that's the path I've chosen. What I'm telling people in the book is, hey, listen, if you say, hey, I enjoy being home with my family and I can make, you know, 50 or 75K a year and I get, I am living my happy life. Right. Then by all means, be happy and don't worry about the guy that's on the cover with the Hermes belt or the big house. Right. right. Because that you're happy where you're at. Like, and that's the part that I think people are missing is, hey, if, you know, you want Can to you be happy the though? Royce. Can you be happy in that circumstance, though? Because, because I mean, you know, the argument is when life comes at you, if, if you're if your life, if you're planning your life around right. the, the $75,000 mark or whatever, and, right. you know, that you're living the life you want in whatever that looks like, but but life happens, catastrophic situation, and you wish you had 100 grand in the bank. Um, yeah, but the, but but the same could be said for the person that's making a half a million year, or the guy that's got ten million. Mm. Something catastrophic can come, meaning, right? Like catastrophic mean, hey, you know what? You get diagnosed with a terrible disease. I wish on nobody, and you only have X amount of time to live. Mm, Money yeah. ain't bailing you out, and and yes. you're thinking to yourself at that point in time, how many hours did I lose with my family that now right. I wish I had because the clock ticked out. I mean. And, and again, there, there's there's arguments on both sides of the field here, and that's what I'm saying in the book is like, at the end of the day, it's you against you. Forget about what the world's doing. It's you against you, and you've got to find what where you operate and where you're happy with. And you know what? I'm telling the truth in the sense of the world's going to throw you some curveballs. You can't you can't outmaneuver the world. It's going to hit you at some point. Right. It may hit you in the beginning, and you come out in the end great. Who knows? But in the end of it. If you're not looking in the mirror and you're saying, I'm happy with who I am, what I am, and what I'm doing, and I understand my why, then, yeah, you're going to constantly continue to contribute to that unhappiness factor, and you're going to have a room in your house that's completely stuffed full of unhappiness to where you never want to open it and you're scared to. But yet, somewhere you're going to have to face it. The question is, is when? So do you think to yourself, well, actually, let me step back. So uh, let's go back to dan moore entrepreneurship early days yeah. well what's the story there how, how, how did how did, how did dan moore get into power yeah, yeah, yeah well, i would say i think dan moore like sometimes there's this word dumb luck if you want to call it but i would tell you you know at a young age i was on the hey dan moore can i get rich quick game right okay and and you know i started out in the car business at 19 you know i bounced around did my fun stuff in in, in that regard trying to make the quick bucks you know, it wasn't until like my late twenties, it all started to settle in a little bit more focus, a little bit more maturity. It's why I, I, you know, I, I applaud some of the youth today. It's like, man, you're way more focused than, than I was back in the day. Mm. Um, and, and super proud of I me. Mean, I watched my own daughters and I mean, it's, I'm like, oh, I love you guys. Yeah. Um, we'll have to talk you, about that. Doing, She's doing some cool yeah, things. You're doing, yeah. You're doing some, again, doing some cool things. 
But, you know, as I got into my mid twenties, I started to settle it in a little bit, lock it in, you know, it really, you know, for me, I would tell you my biggest thing is when I met Kelly. I mean, I got to tell you, you just, you know, meeting that, that, that soulmate that really kind of locks in, believes in you sometimes more than you believe in yourself. It starts to, it, it fuels the machine more. So I would say, you know, that relationship and in, in the course of, I mean, we're going to be married 15, so almost 20 years. Wow. You know, that really hit the accelerator for me and, and really kind of put my focus down. I mean, the, the, the starting it. joke to, you know, hundred percent because the starting yeah. joke was when we started dating, you know, she was the six figure winner. I wasn't even, wasn't even close. You weren't on the board. Um, no, I wasn't even on the board. And then, you know, we got married and found out we were having Sydney. And I, you know, I looked her one day and, you know, the way she loves on animals and stuff. And I'm like, you're going to stay at home. And she goes, there's no way I'm staying home. And I go, it's going to be a choice. And she's like, well, you got to make up the spread. And she, goes, she kind of smiled at mm. me and I said, done. And when so we I, had so Sydney, I made I up the spread. It, so so uh, it makes me think of a story. So I have a buddy, Walter Bond, um, Hall of Fame speaker. And um, he also used to be in the NBA, but it made me think of him immediately when you said that, because he talks about how uh, women need detail. And he said that, you know, he had left the NBA and or was out of the NBA and, you know, had seen some speakers and like Les Brown and seen some people. And he's like, you know, I could do that. And he, he brought all this excitement to his wife. And he's like, it's, we're going to be fine. I've got it all figured out. I'm going to be a motivational speaker and th- we're going to go to the top. And he said, she just looked at him and she, she said, oh, that's great, honey. I'm glad to hear that. Um, how? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right. right? And, and, and until I can, you know, says, until I can answer how, that's when things, you know, obviously really took off. So it hit. It, it made me think of that moment when you were telling that story. That hey, you just stay home. Yeah. Oh, okay, that sounds all good. But how? Yep. yep. Yeah, and that's it. You got to get the house. You start locking in that that forward movement. I'm going to do this. This is how we're going to get to here. And some of it too is just you know, I think too, and and you and I run in the same circle, and sometimes in automotive is. Let's be honest. There's a lot of talk and no action. Everybody talks about right, it. It's almost right, like the it's right. almost like the book launch for me in the sense of I got a lot of messages. That goes, I didn't even know you're writing a book, and I said, I don't talk about anything until I've done it. Because right. to me, it's like talk is cheap. Everybody's going to mm. tell you what they want to do. Right. Show me. You know, and and so there's a lot of that. You know, that went into that it was like, hey, I'm going to give you this option, but I had the option delivered when Sydney was delivered. You know, so th- there was the proof in the pudding. Right, and, and I think that that is the piece that has helped kind of propel me, and even to this same point of for those that know me or kind of know me, is that that is kind of the if they say Dan Moore, if nothing else, they go that guy just gets it done. Right, and and, and so it's like. I'm okay. Yeah, like there's, I mean, there's never been any controversy. I mean, listen, I guarantee the majority of my audience doesn't doesn't know you. We've got people in yeah. India, we've got UK people, so they're all getting introduced to you, which I think is fantastic because definitely through this book, I'm glad you have this book now, so people can, so people can get some insights into your thinking, and, and now as you sit in this kind of role as president of of this company you're running, I, I want to understand for people, cause you know, you went through an acquisition. I mean, you have a lot of experience yep. now to talk to um, on what it's like to, to get acquired and life after yep. an acquisition. How does Dan Moore get to president of uh, like in his short form? How do you, what, what, what was the entrepreneurship journey to, to getting into this company that then gets sold? And now, you know, now you're president of it. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, 
so this is actually about two years ago. Uh, Brian Pash and Glenn Pash and I were all talking. And, and nobody knows you know, who that is, so you were yep, <laughs> remember yep. the context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, yep, yep. you're, you're, so, you're okay. So Go ahead. In automotive, two two uh, two guys that run a, a consulting company called PCG in automotive. Obviously, my whole background pretty much all around automotive. For those who are tuning in, so we had a conversation about at that point in time. I was working for another company called Cox Automotive. We had a conversation about the project that they'd been working on. And, you know, we both kind of, it was interesting because I'm a data guy. I love data. Mm. Um, so we, we got to talk about that conversation. Is it I came data home. or data? Is it data? It, or it, data? it could be data or data, just kind of okay. like data or meta, you know? I mean, okay. You, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> depending on where you want to go. Um, but, you know, we focused on that and, you know, really kind of came to, hey, this, this sounds like a good fit for me. So I came on as president now roughly three years ago. Got underway, um, built tool. It's basically a marketing intelligence tool for automotive that helps dealers figure out where to best spend their money, where, where the opportunities lie, and then tells some of the performance around, you know, when consumers are coming to their website, what are they doing? Where is the engagement happening or not happening for that, for that aspect? So as we, you know, got through the product, made some changes, brought in some other partners as far as, you know, some data points that really kind of strengthened the product up, you know, we continue to go and roughly before our two year mark of being Vista Dash, uh, we got acquired by a company called Car Wars, which in automotive is a call tracking, call measurement company. And it was so, also so now kind of a natural. Yeah, so, go ahead. So I want to no. So I want to touch on this. And, and again, you share whatever level you want. Now, are, yeah. are you presented with this opportunity now because you're, you're working for a major corporation right now? you're presented with this opportunity now obviously it's it's not i don't i'm gonna assume it was the opportunity was greater not necessarily the exchange from leaving the big corporate job that there there was probably some risk factor in there i have to assume oh risk factor from leaving leaving the major corporation to to, to go into a startup yeah yeah there's yeah there i mean again there's a lot of risk there i mean you go from kind of pretty secure, stable, perks, benefits, you know, there's a total switch of the game there. So what's uh, driving you at that point? Because, and, and wait, before of, you answer that, before you answer that, I want to give context. Yeah. And, and one of the reasons why I ask that is because there's this stigma that entrepreneurship or the idea that when you say it or whatever, that everybody's like, struggling and doesn't want to work and then they just want to be an entrepreneur where a lot of people i think missed the mark that there are a lot of highly paid highly skilled people working in major corporations that know that 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 their spirit is telling them or that their their state of mind and and what they want out of life connects them to that entrepreneurship journey like everybody's not underfunded everybody's not undereducated like you know what i mean so here you are that has climbed the ladder working for a major corporation in a, in a, in a, with some, with great profile, you know, making a difference, making money. Right. And now present it with this opportunity. Was it just, Oh man, I could just make a killing if I come on board and, and take the risk. What was going through your head when faced with that opportunity? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so some of it, I mean, again, in that scenario, I think you actually explained it perfectly because there wasn't like, Oh, you're coming in and it's, I mean, it was already kind of moving along from it had already been baked to a certain point. It just needed to be product product shift into a dealer centric 
model product and pricing. The thought process there for me was, especially, and kudos to Cox Automotive, they've spent a lot of time, you know, giving you the tools, self-development, self-assessment, and you really start to know yourself, right? And it was funny as I started to take more and more executive level tests, like what it identifies you as. And it was like one of those things where it's like, you got to kind of run the thing, run the show. And, and, and I started thinking through all this stuff. And as I was kind of running through and I was like, man, I really want to get a hold of something mm. and, and see it start to finish. Because a lot of times, especially in the corporate, you know, I've been moved around to the, kind of the fix it model. Like, Hey, this is broke. Dan, I'll come over here and fix this. And then we'll move them over here. And it, it was one of those things where I'm like, I wanted to get a hold of something and, and actually finish it, if you will. Uh, right, right. And, and really kind of drive something without a lot of, you know, you know, corporate, not that this is a knock. And again, I think some people get a little bit, you know, crazy and attack corporations that, oh, they suck and this and that. It's like, no, it's just welcome to corporate. Like there are things, decisions made by committee. There's a reason why there's a lot of big moving parts that affect other moving parts. So if you're not willing to just kind of have an open mind to the why things happen versus just this sucks and I don't like it uh, mentality, like there's reasons. Sometimes you just don't like it and you've got right. to make a decision of like, is this for me or do I want to kind of make this pivot, roll the dice because I, I know I can thrive in this environment. So that was the paradigm shift. I do like the, the edgy startup um uh, world because it's kind of like hey man it's about moving the needle it's not about there's not a lot of drag to it you know you you're you have to move it's fast paced it, it's getting the revenue going it's getting the product big there's a lot of of fun exciting things that happen there and then and then also too i i, I enjoy building scale like can you take something and replicate it and grow it to mass so that was the intriguing part that really kind of led that shift and, and kind of said, Hey, I'm willing to take this, this jump uh, right. and, and get after it. So uh, that was really, you know, part of the exciting move for me. Now I like to segue here because obviously you had excitement, but excitement doesn't come without fear. Um, in your book, <laughs> you talk about the, you talk about the journey of fear yeah. and, and yeah. ultimately I guess stay, it, it, creating it intellectually as, as stages almost. Yep. Talk yep. to me a little bit about that. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. Everything that we do has a level of fear, right? I mean, you, you get up every morning, you fear what could happen today. Right. And, and, and in some cases you get paralyzed by fear too. Like, Ooh, I don't know if I want to, like, I don't know if I, if I want to do this, what if, what if, and you know, what I tell people sometimes is like, Hey, my, my biggest fear is not, not jumping into it. You know, I never want to have the fear of regret. I'd rather have the fear of failure. Mm. You know, like I, I would, I would rather embrace that, that, that failure than embrace regret. Right. You know, it, it, it could, there's so many different things that we have in life that we go, you know, Hey, listen, I could have, you know, passed on the opportunity of meeting Kelly, man. Wow. What a regret that would be, you know, like, right. So, right. So, you know, Hey, is it scary? Yes. Is there risk? Yes here's what I've learned in business and I'll tell every business person out there from corporate to, to just being that entrepreneur is that there's no sanctuary to be safe. There's no, the days of, of the steady Eddie job of loyalty and employment. I got a newsflash. It doesn't exist anymore. Hmm. So you could have that great corporate career and be like, hey, right. man, I'm going to retire 
How many, and, and you know this, you studied this game quite a bit. How many people have, have retired early or been retired early because the corporate move was like, hey, we're paying this guy a lot. We could bring in five guys for that. Right. You know, that's right. So, so the game's changed. And, and so you start to, you start, your mindset starts to go, man, there's no security anymore. The only security is the game I choose to play. And right. so I choose to play the game of always listen. Everybody's got something of value to say. Don't care from the janitor to the CEO. So never dismiss anybody. And, and always embrace the, the fear of failure. Like if you're not failing, you're not pushing yourself hard enough. And, and always look at something and go, if I don't do this, would I regret it? And if that little voice in your head says, mm, then jump in. Because I'm telling you right now, you you regret will eat you. I think it's interesting um, when when everybody talks about regret, it draws me to a Jim Rohn quote where he says, "You know, we must all suffer from one of two pains: the pain of discipline or the pain of regret." And he says, "You know, the difference is discipline weighs ounces, while regret yeah. weighs tons." And uh, that's such a good one too. You know, 100%. yeah. Yeah, he's got, and, and the other one I like is what is easy to do is also easy not to do. And 100%. It, it well, and, and it's kind of like, yeah, one, and two is do you want to spend your whole life looking in the rear view or do you want to actually look out the windshield? Right. That's right. Because regret is going to have you looking in the rear view the whole time. And you're never going to progress yourself forward. And, and here's the other thing. So I, I'm curious as to, now, because you have people out there that maybe are, go, are going through that process or now have taken the leap in this kind of startup area. Now, you've been I, – I call I call it fortunate. I don't, I don't know all the details. I know the house got bigger. So you've been fortunate in this, uh, in, in this kind of, uh, you know, in this kind of acquisition model. So I'm curious, though, how do you – what does that do to the entrepreneurship spirit when now you've nurtured this thing, you've sold this thing, and maybe, you know, financially it was good for you? Now you're overseeing a company, but you're really you're, you're overseeing the company, but you're part of a bigger structure. You're reporting to somebody. Um, yep. You know, there's how do you keep the entrepreneurship vision alive, or do you just wait out your deal until you go into your next deal? Yeah. No. You know, here's the thing. A fortunate enough to work for a company that even at size they 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 continue to remain scrappy and very entrepreneurial in their thought process. Um, mm. So it makes it easy to work within that environment. The the deal, you know, here too was twofold. It wasn't, the, the deal structure was for longevity. A, you know, a, as a leader of a team, I want to see everybody win. So right. putting them in a good situation for rapid growth, great opportunity, um, and to see the product flourish, you know, there's going to come a point to where I always tell people all the time, at some point, the company, the product, or the person will outgrow one or the other. Mm. And you've got to be willing to embrace that. So at some point, will will Visadash outgrow Dan? Possibly. Or will Dan outgrow? Possibly. Right. But there's other other factors that play into it. And for those listening, that's not a hint that I'm going anywhere or doing anything. I'll just be perfectly clear. I'm just giving that as an example. You, you've got to check your ego at the door. If you leave a company, the company's not going in the toilet. The company will still thrive. And right. I, I think some people like get a little hung up on there to the company. It's like, no, you built yourself as a brand related to the company, but the company is still going to just keep rotating along. A friend especially of mine. If you've, yeah. 
Yeah, you got the right people doing the right things. I mean, the the company's in good hands, right? But um, as of right now, like, hey, I like where we're at. I like where we're going. Is there challenges? There's challenges in everything. You you like you tell people all the time. You trade one devil for another. I mean, there's going to be something over here that you don't like, and you're going to find something over there that you don't like. The question is, is which one can you live with, and which one can you not live with? Right. And you know, the the reality of it is right now things are good. We're still growing. The team's thriving. A lot of good good things are going on. Twenty twenty is gonna be a good year for us. We've went through a whole year of the transition. I think we've worked a lot of things out. You know, everybody can sit there and get happy and poppy and say, you know, hey, yes, they're challenging. I'm not gonna tell you it's easy. You you're taking one core philosophy and a way of operating and mixing it into another. You're you're gonna have people that rub people. You're going to have things that don't connect or don't talk. I mean, you just got to work through it. And, and while sometimes it's a, you know, it can feel like a kick in the teeth in the end, if you just put in the work and put in the time, you come out really good. And that's what, what I tell the team, what I tell people all the time is when you go into this, you've got to think through what is it that you're really seeking? What is it you really want? One, uh, when we think about, you know, replacing a friend of mine, you were talking about a little while ago, uh, a friend of mine, Michelle Peterson, she says, everyone is replaceable over time. So sometimes the, you know, the impact may be greater if someone leaves, depending on what their job is. Uh, but sooner or later, over time, you, you know, you, you, the world does go on, right? A hundred percent. And sometimes yeah. you even have to be, and I'll tell this too, for the guys that are growing companies and adding employees on, you also have to be very mindful of the fact that human capital is everything. Yeah. And you've got to be able to look at that human capital and understand when it's time not to put a bullet in the human cap, but to realize that maybe they need a position shift inside the org. You can take someone that's doing client services and move them to sales or vice versa. Sometimes people just kind of go down the road and they need the adjustment. And you've got to be as a leader aware, very aware of when it's time to make those adjustments to keep everybody thriving and moving the company forward. Like sometimes we get hung up on say that person's not doing their job anymore. I just need to get rid of them. Right. Did you really look at that that equation the right way? And hey, sometimes you do. But yeah, I always talk about one of my favorite case. one of my favorite commercials is for this company called the Income Store. They run it, you know, all day long on on uh, Sirius Radio, and I love the the ads real smart. And you know, the guy says, "If I asked you who would win in a race, uh, a ten year old or last year's Tour de France winner, most of you would say the Tour de France winner. But if I told you the ten year old was riding a ten speed." And the Tour de France guy was riding a tricycle. Now who wins? So his his point was, right, it's the vehicle that matters. And you just really touched on it right there. You know, sometimes you have people in your organization that are that are in the wrong vehicle. They may be in the wrong position, you know, and you're only going to find that out. You know, my, my rule of thumb has been, you know, trainable, coachable, replaceable. Right. And, And walking people through that path. That's why I was a bit, I, I, I'm never crazy about the the uh, 90 day probation period. Like we tell people that, oh, hey, you know, uh, by the, you know, hey, just so you know, you're in 90 days probation. We can fire you for any reason. Welcome to the company. Right. Yeah, great, great, great first date right there. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Where people really should be looking in their process to say, you know, how can we over this next 90 days, what's our stay strategy? What is our strategy that's in place to make sure this employee sticks and works out and be vigilant on that? Now, going back to the book for a second, you you refer to something interesting where you talk about the exchange of why for what. Now, we've all heard Simon Sinek, you know, start with why. Um, 
talk talk to me about what does that mean? Exchange Y for what? How does that work? Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. So there, there's a couple of pieces there. If you, we look at the fundamental of why, now obviously Simon crushed it on it, wrote a book about it, and, and I love it. But there's some interesting pieces, and 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 this is you know why I think you and I gel so well is because we like to challenge everything. And and if you look at why, as a child, why starts out we as children we start out with why is curiosity. Why is the sky blue? Why is the grass green? We Why? Very curious. And as we get older, why starts to be, why me? Why is this happening? Mm. You know, what, why, you know, why would that person do this to me? So we become, why becomes pity. And, and sometimes when we take why in the context of even what Simon's saying is, why becomes the dream until what drives the action? Mm. So if I have a why, but I don't have a what, then I just have a dream. And what like becomes that. action? And sometimes, sometimes in the equation, I think we get, and, and you know, I, I say this for what it's worth. There is no shortage of motivation and everybody telling you how you should live your life and what you should do and how to do it. Right. And the reality to it is, is that you can take all of that and consume that as why and almost get white out. Because I got all the why I need. Right. The problem is, is I'm lacking the what, which leads to execution. What do I need to do to be happy? What do I need to do to see the thing that I want to have happen in my life? What do I need to do, right, to align with the right people? What do I need to do to stop this pity party? It's not why do I need to do it? It's what you need to do. It's that shift. It's a paradigm. I'm not challenging Simon. I think the, the why factor is brilliant. I think the other missing component is, you know, why plus what equals outcome. Right. And again, I think people are drinking the, the motivation Kool-Aid of why, but then they're forgetting the fact that you still got to do something. So <laughs> what are you going to do? Or do you mean you can't just, it's not the secret? It's not the secret. You can't just wish for it, manifest it, and call it a day. Yeah, let me tell you. I, I, I'm all of the things that you um, you get about that you're like, hey, you have this, this, and this. It's like, well, it, I didn't want it. I want it, right? Like, if you want it, right. you got to go get it. If you want more, and more isn't about the whole premise of the book isn't, hey, you know, do more to get more. Isn't to get more like things? Is to get more out of you. At the mm. end of the day everything around you is going to be a byproduct because once you unlock you, right. That's the beauty. And, and, and I'll tell you, I'm still sitting in this. I'm, I'm 44 years old and I'm still unlocking and I'm still pushing. Cause at the end of the day, my why is to show up the best version of me each and every day. And Hey, guess what? Not every day is a win, right. but I'm honest in the mirror. And I say, why did I not win today? And tomorrow is mm. a new day. I like that. The the uh, one last thing I want to cover from the book, and we're going to go into some some uh, some entrepreneurship trivia. And I can't uh, and, wait for this. I've been looking forward to that, and, buddy. And learn more about you. <laughs> Will you win or not today? But um, last thing I want to talk about in the book. I mean, you know, I'm known for you know with my books, a lot of people appreciate the fact that I don't put a bunch of extra blah 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 in there and. I like the just it's just a concise, um, good quality read. And I want to talk about one last thing here, which is um, something you refer to as parrot syndrome. 
Um, and <laughs> I, I want I want you to share that last piece from the book, and and then we'll talk. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll do some rapid fire questions and trivia. Yeah, you know, parent syndrome was a fun one for me, and, and and again, you know, I wrote this book with with being very intentional. There, there's to your point. I think I stay to the same guiding principles of if it didn't happen that way, I didn't write it. Right. And you know, if it wasn't something that I could give an experience to, you know, start with a theory and get to the get to the root, you know, I just left it out of the book because a I wanted to kind of tilt my hand of hey, here's here's how I operate, you know people like to call BS on stuff and, and I'm that guy too. So I wrote it with that intensive, like, Hey, you can call BS, finish that next page. There it is. Right. Um, and, and I'm cool cha- being challenged at any capacity, right? Parent syndrome uh, was a fun one for me because I think a lot of times people just regurgitate garbage. Mm. There, there's no, there's no fact to it. There's no, Hey, well, I just heard this and this is the way it is. Really? Why? You, what, right. why, why are you just you know parroting that because i know where it came from right we, we if you consume enough information right. you understand you know the truth and the lie and you know this especially just speaking the industry we live in mm-hmm. you know how much parroting there's going on somebody's just regurgitating the next snippet or they take the 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 piece of a much better articulated scenario and take a snippet and then that becomes their philosophy and it's like you do understand that what you said is only like a fraction of the truth of the whole thing (laughs) right Um, so you know i always say be careful be careful of the parrot be careful of the parrot i love it we're gonna leave it there do more get more that's definitely a book you're every i mean that stuff get it on amazon it's it's uh it's a, it's a good one, or wherever else you can get it. Franklin Street Books is the publisher. It's definitely something to have. Now, what would you say if I asked you, thinking about startup life, thinking about your last few years, what would you think say would be you know one of your craziest entrepreneurship moments? Ooh, craziest moments. Um, like like I mean, it could be a number of things. Like people, you know. People have, you know, fallen off the stage. People have, uh, you know, had Jeff Bezos reply to their email. People have, uh, you know, go- gone out of the country and 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 their whole company, the internet went down, the phones went down, their clients were calling and they couldn't, you know. So what, what just something maybe that just comes to your mind that was just I, a, I would a tell you, my fun- Oh, dude, my funniest moment of all is I was, I was working for a digital marketing company out of Sacramento. And, you know, at that time I was, I was CEO of the company running it and, you know, I got this email, uh, from Facebook, if you will. And it it was literally like this longest goading of like, Hey, you're going to be this Facebook special provider for all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm kind of buying into it because everything's checking out. Right. And (laughs) it finally got to the craziest point of like, is this really like, this is crazy. So it got to the point, it was so crazy that I figured out that somebody was actually fabricating it. Um, so I put said person in the car with me. We drove to Facebook. I had printouts of all these communications that I went to the front desk. You Facebook. drove to Facebook? Yes. And, okay. and, and, I, and I said, hey, I'm something is going on here. I feel like this is kind of a breach of somewhere. I'm not sure how this is going down. I just want to validate this. And so we talked to the, the, the receptionist, they get like the head of security, whatever. They go through this whole file. I'm showing them all this stuff. And they're like, 
this is this is insane. May we take all this paperwork and do an investigation? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I go, I'm, this, this is really weird. And there's a lot of communications and it's really kind of like, I mean, it's a little crazy. And the first thing was if he was like, oh, can we go now? And I'm like, oh, is there something you want to tell me? <laughs> and so they, they masked email URLs and started trying to fish. I'm like, why in the holy smokes would you do something like this? Like, well, I just thought you guys would want to win. And I'm like, well, you don't win when you don't get it. So I'm, I'm curious. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. You lost me. Wait, wait, wait. What? What? This was. Wait, wait. I'm I'm confused. I, I flushed out an employee. An employee literally like went all out on this fabrication tour that worked creating at the fact Facebook. That, that, no, no. That worked for our company. For you. Oh. So I figured the only way to I, we, I finally started tracking it back and figuring it out. And so I was like, hey, I was it was to me at this point because I had consumed so much time. I'm like, well, this could be fun. So I put that person in the car and said, hey, we're going to Facebook because I got this. I mean, we've had all these communications and we got this meeting and I want you to go with me. Uh, and that was the per you knew by that time when you put at, in at the that car. Point in time, yes. Got yes. it. So, okay. So, it, so I kind of kept giving the person a way to come like, Clean. Hey, you, th this is your point to come clean. Like, I figured the drive down there, the first 10 minutes of Facebook and letting, I'm like, dude, check out all these emails. Like, I figured by the time uh, I left Sacramento, we were going to hit a U-turn. He's from the school of deny, deny, deny. <laughs> yeah, so so we made it all the way to Facebook, and then once the head of security got there, then finally we cracked. I was like, you know, you could have saved me a few-hour drive. I mean. Right, and um, exposing so yourself, you like, it. yeah. Yeah, so, so right back was a little, a little cold, but um but yes, that was my craziest entrepreneurial moment. Like, I was like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah, I um, love the fact that you just rolled up into Facebook and like, hey, I got emails. Like, you know, instead yeah. of just opening the sometimes, ticket. <laughs> sometimes you just go all in. I mean, yeah. you know. I love it. So, yeah, that's I, I love one. it. I love it. <laughs> that's a good one. So now we're gonna talk. Uh, we're gonna talk about some things that make you tick. We call this the entrepreneurship rapid fire section, and oh, I've got nine questions for you. And you're okay. simply gonna give me the first answer. It gives people insight into how you tick, what your what your daily life, what, what you're into, that you can talk about on the podcast. Yep. Um, yep. And I want the first answer that comes to your head. Are you ready? Fire away. All right. PC or Mac? Mac. Favorite credit card uh, to manage your business right now? Uh, Amex Platinum. Physical planner or digital planner? Both. Favorite software to manage your business right now? Um, we have, well, currently now I've come across into our own internal platform with uh, Car Wars. Okay. Starbucks, Dunkin', or other? Ooh, Duncan, because I love iced tea. All right, that one, another one for Duncan. We get they get so abused on the show. So many people are going to Starbucks. Oh, I, Starbucks right? I, I love iced tea though. I don't really maybe an espresso here and there, but yeah. Well, the I got to tell you, I mean, I like I like iced tea too. The the black tea at uh, well, everything black is great, but the black tea at Starbucks is is <laughs> actually pretty. It's pretty tasty. A hundred percent, but they don't make it as big as you can get at Duncan. Ah, okay. I'm sorry. You like uh, 4XL iced teas. <laughs> just, just give me the gallon and we're good. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> when it comes to thanking people, are you thank you card or thank you email? Uh, thank you person. Thank you. Per you go in person to thank everybody? 
I try to, man. If not, I pick up the phone and call. I, I think that we've. All right, we've well, I'll send you my address. Let me know when you're coming. And buddy, I was just going to send you mine. I'd make it easy. You're going to come to me. <laughs> Now, when it comes to learning yourself, I know you've put out a book. When it comes to learning yourself, are you hardcover, yeah. tablet, or audiobook? Ooh. Well, that's a good one. Um, I go between yeah, – see, I'm all three right now, which is funny. Cause, that's, not an, that's an acceptable answer. Yeah, because I bounce around because, like, here's and, – and I'll put a little bit to it because I love that question. David Goggins' book is all audio. Like, can't hurt me. If you don't listen to the audio, you're missing the universe. Mm. There's some books that are just good in paper. And then, you know, because I travel, there's nothing like the Kindle. So, again, depending on the flavor of what I'm doing, I, I kind gotcha. of bridge across all three. Got it. What would you say is your next big goal? Ooh. You know, what is my next big goal? That's a good one. Um, my next biggest goal is financial freedom in 15 for the family financial freedom in 15 this 15 years yeah okay i, I, I got that i got that left in the tank man <laughs> financial freedom in 15 oh i like it and, and will we ever really retire that's the other question as an entrepreneur no i don't think you do you yeah, just kinda, you don't. yeah you just kind of no. move on to the you just scale what you want your gig to be so yeah um, we'll, we'll be we'll be in our late 70s on the stage somewhere Corey. you know that. right right yeah doing a little bit slow. <laughs> <laughs> my hourly would be much higher um final question one day with any mentor i gotta say who's alive because i just had i had uh todd smith on recently he's like abraham lincoln i'm like no we're going with alive so one day with yep. any mentor uh who's alive who would that person be um right now probably dwayne johnson dwayne johnson ethic, his work ethic is something I, I've been studying him and, you know, he is literally just after it right now in the sense of mm. if you look at what he's done, how he's progressed, he's, he's a brand ambassador. He's almost, I mean, he's on Voss now. He's got his own tequila line. He's crushing the right. movies. Like he's under armor's like guy. Right. Um, if you just the amount of brilliance um, and the fact that, you know, his manager is his ex-wife. Yeah, fantastic! Uh, and, and there, how cool is that? Yeah, no, yeah. There, there's just so many moving parts that I would just like, just absolutely enjoy just what, like just consuming that. Right. I love it. Well, DJ, I know you're, uh, and I'm sure DJ and his people listen to Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. So uh, let's reach out. Let's let's make uh, Dan's dreams happen. Would you like that, Dan? <laughs> Come on, we we all have those goals. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, here we go. This is our final segment. Our final segment is entrepreneurship trivia. We're going to see how much you know about entrepreneurship. <laughs> Not much. <laughs> so the good news is you've got a 33% chance at getting it right since it's multiple choice and an A, B, and C. Are you ready? Okay. Let's go. Who said the following? Be patient with yourself. Self-growth is tender. It's holy ground. There is no greater investment. Here are your options. Steve Jobs, Winston Churchill, Stephen Covey. I'm going to go with Covey on that one. Do, do, do. Stephen Covey. Now, are you sure? That's your final answer. You want me to reread it? Maybe you pick up hints of who said it? 
I almost feel like you're trying to derail me, but I'm going to stick with it right or wrong. <laughs> okay. See Stephen Covey? Yeah. All right. Well, here's what I will tell you, Dan Moore. You uh, join the ranks of the guests that we've had on the show that have gotten the answer correct. Stephen Covey is the correct answer. But I, I like how you picked up. I liked how you didn't let me uh, take you out there for a moment because uh, I, 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 I wanted to see if you were going to take the bait on that. <laughs> you know, it, it's one of those things where you, you just got to pay attention. <laughs> I love it. Dan, I, I plugged it a little bit already um, on where they can get the book, but you know, if people want to get in your kind of your, your ecosystem, um, they want to get their hands on the book, know what you're doing, how do they do that? Uh, the book's on Amazon, and then obviously I'm on Facebook. Uh, I'm pretty much on everything semi-active, but uh, if anybody has a question, a thought, pick my brain, whatever, you know, listen, I, I call, uh, if you read the book too, you know, I give the uh, the random hour. So hit me up. You got a question? You just want to pick my brain? I'm always available. Um, that's more. That's more with two O's. Two O's. Yep. Do more with two O's. Get more with one O. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Dan, thank you for joining the show today. I appreciate you. Oh, thanks for having me, Corey. I greatly appreciate it. And if you want tips, tactics, and strategies to build your business, well, you know what you got to do. You got to head on over to CoreyMosley.com and join our email list, our email community, so you can stay in the know. Now, I know you're streaming this right now. You could be on Spotify. You may be on Google Play. You may be on the other dozen places that we stream. But I want you to stay in the know for all of our episodes. So to do that, you need to hit the subscribe button to your favorite platform. Love your reviews. And as always, welcome your comments. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'm Corey Mosley, and I will see you next week. Mm-hmm.